Here we go, Jen Silvernagel. New music and all. Yes. And what did, what type of genre did you call it? I think you just named a new genre. What did you call it? Uh, I call this 70s detective music. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. 70s detective music. I. Yeah. It's a new genre. Coming to a Spotify <laughs> playlist near you, I suppose. <laughs> That's what it sounded like. <laughs> I like it. I like it. So we've got uh, we got a lot of fun stuff going on uh, today on the show, and uh, we got another special guest, which I'm really excited about. And of course, Jen says, "Why don't we come up with some easy topics? Like, is the market gonna tank, or is it hot? What's going on? Open houses? What the heck, Jen?" Sorry, I thought they were easy, Gary. Yeah, they are <laughs> easy. Not. Yeah, we got the inside yeah. scoop on the market, by the way. So stay tuned to the very end. I, we're, we make things up as we, no, we don't. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Well, why don't we roll the intro and uh, we'll bring on our special guest. What do you say? Sounds good. Let's do it. Very good, Jen. Well, we do have a special guest, and uh, she's been on our show before at the very beginning, I think, almost like back when we first launched, yeah. and it's been kind of cool to see uh, not only her business, but her develop uh, personally and also as a leader within our organization, which is pretty cool. Jen, why don't you have the honors of bringing our special guest on uh, on for us? Sure. So, yeah, this uh, this guest, she's, she was one of our first live guests, actually, in, I think, January or February when we started. And she was talking to us about uh, social media and TikTok and all sorts of interesting information. Uh, over the course of the year, she's transitioned into being a coach with the coaching program and myself. And then ultimately, in the last month, into a team leader role at the brokerage. And so, you know, we met with Nathan, we got to know him a little bit when we thought that it would be just as much, if not more fun, sorry, Nathan, to get to know Stevie Susie. Very good, Stevie. And wait, wait, the crowd is going nuts. There we go. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. <laughs> Very good. I forgot that I had been on here before. I literally forgot about that until you just said it, Jen. And it's funny because it was the exact same last time. Gary threw the intro over to you and you gave me <laughs> such a nice introduction. And now I remember it's all coming back. Yeah, like, this is familiar. Yeah. 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 Well, there's two things I'm taking from that. Jen does great intros. And two, how could you forget that you were on the show before? I know. You know what it is, though? It's because at this point, like not to sound like I've done a lot of like interviews online. And I've also been on the podcast with you, Gary, and stuff. So it's just it's all been like a blur. I forgot that I did the KWRC TV, though. But yeah, yeah. that was good. That was that yeah. was when you hit the um, the crazy, was it like 2 million views on TikTok or something crazy was, like that? It was the first time that I hit over a million on TikTok. Yeah, it was yeah. just like, incidentally, it was just right after that. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. I always find that language words are pretty powerful. Jen, did you catch that? It was the first time. So has it been the only time? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just the first one. Yeah, yeah. 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 And then she still forgot about us. We I know. acknowledged it. <laughs> I know. I, I know. The worst. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. It's terrible. So, Stevie, obviously, we have you on here for a reason because we thought this would be a great platform for our agents and and others to get to know you, obviously. And and Jen and I, obviously, we got the pleasure of getting to know you over the last number of years since you've been with KW. But for those that perhaps are new to the industry or new to KW and, and so forth. Give us that little backstory of who Stevie Susie is. Yeah. So hi everyone. I'm Stevie Susie. If you didn't gather that already. Um, yeah, like sort of my story in, in real estate and how I got to where I am now. So I, um, I've been in the real estate industry for about six years now. Um, I had the opportunity to work as an administrative assistant to one of the top producing agents at KW while I was studying to get my license, which was really cool because I was able to actually learn a little bit more about what the industry was about and kind of what I could expect getting into it. And to be totally honest, when I was studying to get my real estate license, I wasn't really sure what I was going to do with it. Um, I kind of had an interest in more of the investing side of real estate and potentially like 
flipping homes and stuff in my in my like career doing that sort of thing and it wasn't until I had the opportunity to kind of learn about the industry I realized I really liked it and I was like I'm gonna do this like this is I'm gonna pursue this full time so that was cool um I joined a team quite early on the Bold Bay Alcorn team I've spent my entire career with them and um have had great success with them and love them and ended up marrying getting engaged to my team leader so that's always fun that's a fun fact about me um, and then in the last year or so, I had the opportunity to transition into a coaching position with Jen, which was really cool as well and really insightful. And it's funny because that kind of also came about pretty organically. But I always say like social media obviously is kind of my wheelhouse. And I always say like, you never know what opportunities will come from social media that you never know, like who's going to see your videos or anything like that. And um, social media was actually the thing that kind of opened up my eyes to like the coaching side of um, real estate of, of the industry. And then I was able to do it with Jen and I learned a lot about, um, you know, that side of things, which I really, really liked. And then again, organically, the next opportunity that was presented to me was the team leader position at Keller Williams that came about right at the right time for me. And so it was something that with a lot of thought, I decided to go after because um, it was a huge career change for me. But um, it was worth it for me. And I've been able to pursue a lot more things that I'm passionate about since uh, starting in this role. And it's been great so far. So that brings us to today. To today. And what I love about that story too, and I'm sure you picked up on it as well, Jen, is, you know, often we go get a real estate license and, and while we might not, we may not know what niche or, or how we're going to attract clients, what Stevie just explained to us in a matter of a few moments, there's so many opportunities to the real estate industry. So yeah. many, right? And and yeah. I love that you started following your passion and, and, and helping others is really, if, if I were to peel that onion away, that's what I'm taking away from this is your passion to help others. And talk mm -hmm. to us a little bit about that, like from, from a coaching perspective and, and seeing others grow, Stevie, talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, so that uh, that is a huge passion that I've discovered. It's something I kind of always knew before I got in. When I was young and people would always ask you, like, oh, what do you want to do? I For years and years and years and years, I always said I wanted to be a teacher. So that's always been kind of like a part of me. I've always liked um, being able to like teachers always really like influence and impacted my life in a lot of ways. And so I always really was drawn to the idea of being able to do that for others as well. And so um, it's kind of just always, yeah, been something that I've, it's come naturally to me and I like it and I enjoy helping others. And there's just, there's nothing really more like fulfilling and rewarding than that. Um, and so, yeah, like now um, the, the thing that interested me in coaching was the fact that I had the opportunity to start helping so many other people. And the thing that I say often is that I've been in real estate for six years. So I've been doing it long enough that like I understand the industry and I know what I'm doing, but not long enough that I forget what it's like to be a brand new agent and how hard that first year is. And just in the beginning, like just figuring it out because, you know, we know that with our schooling, unfortunately, there is a bit of a disconnect in what you learn and what you have to do to get licensed and then actually coming into the industry and learning how to get clients and work the business and just what to expect in general. And so even though I had so much support from the brokerage and my team and everything like that, when I first started, I look back now and I, I kind of wish I had someone like me at the time, like that's something I always say. And so now being able to be that person for other people is just something that's, it's just been such a great opportunity for me. And I am really passionate about it and just, yeah, helping people navigate the business, the industry, it can be painful sometimes if I'm being honest. So um, yeah, being able to support agents and growing their businesses and help them out is just something that does make me feel really fulfilled. Mm -hmm. It's interesting, Gary, that even the first part of what she said when she was when Stevie was referring to her her journey over the last year, twice, you commented on opportunity and twice you said it happened organically. And I was on the other side of one of those opportunities. Um, and it's interesting because that was not my perspective um, about that and not in a negative way by any means. However, through our coaching and the time that Stevie and I worked together one-on-one, um, -on -one, we discovered that, you know, she wasn't necessarily in the, in the right role for her passion. And we started to talk about alternate options and opportunities. And she came to me and said, I think I want to get into coaching. What she didn't know on the back end of that is that I was having conversations about hiring a coach. And so it was the fact that 
a I knew her and I knew her work ethic and where her passions lay and that helped with that but also the fact that she said it she put it out there she created an opportunity not knowing the discussions I was having and I just started laughing when she said it to me because I was like well that's just perfect timing and that was how that conversation started so ultimately yeah it was a little bit organic Stevie but it was also you vocalizing what you want putting the effort in to learn and even with the team leader role we had a lot yeah. of conversations and the scenes just based on our relationship and it was the same thing you put it out there that you would be interested in something like that you you didn't just think it and wait for it to happen you created it so I would say it what probably wasn't as organic as you feel it was because yeah you, you found the, the opportunities that allowed you to go where you want to go right uh, and I think yeah. it's an important lesson for other people to hear as well that you know it didn't just fall in your lap you worked for it you put in the time to figure it out and then found the route you wanted to go right so um yeah. I just found it funny that you kept saying organic and I was like well not really it, you, you were it is you know, funny yeah. because even, yeah even now that you say that it is true and like both of those conversations actually did go pretty similar to one another because I even remember when I brought up the team leader thing like I called up Jen and I said like hear me out <laughs> let me know do you think this is crazy like I was like this is what I'm thinking and I want to know your opinion on it and I'm like do you think like this is ridiculous and she just started laughing and I was like what <laughs> like what's up and she's like I saw this coming from a mile away and I'm like really like that's so funny because I thought she might like I guess obviously these are our own limiting beliefs and whatnot but I thought she might have been like no like I don't think it's crazy but like you're gonna have a lot of work ahead of you and I were like something like that and she was kind of like no I definitely saw this happening so uh yeah yeah, yeah it's what true it's funny I think there's yeah. a there's a really awesome lesson here Jen and Stevie is and what you're finding out now Stevie on in, in in, in the public world, if you will, in front of everybody is, you know, in a sense, Jen, myself, others had you on our bench. And we always talked about, we always talk about that, you know, who's on your bench, who's ready to fulfill that next role or that next opportunity. And then on the flip side, Stevie is, and, and Jen, maybe this is a great question. Whose bench are you on? Right? Yeah. Because, okay, now, now all of a sudden, if I'm looking at people or opportunities for people to, to, to come in and pick up a piece of the puzzle or a piece of my business to help me support me or the brokers in this perspective. Well, whose bench am I on? Right. Yeah. That's a, such a different way to look at it. I don't think we've ever talked about it like that, Jen or Stevie. No, no. And that's an interesting conversation too, because then looking into um, when we had to start talking about replacing me for the coaching program and who would fill my shoes in that role, which we had just worked so hard to get me like up and running you know, in that position. The timing was the worst, but <laughs> yeah, it was so it was so bad, but it was so funny because inevitably uh, who was on our bench for that, we all had the exact same name and that was Mike Russo. And uh, we were all on the same page with that too. And it's just, it's funny. It's funny how that kind of stuff goes, but that's a, that's a good thought. Yeah. And I think pulling a little deeper at that, that we could probably move on, but even to pull it slightly more into the control of the person who wants to go somewhere, wants to grow or wants opportunities, you know, does the, how do I phrase this? Does the bench that you want to be on, do they know you want to be there? What have you done about it to show up, to show them that you want to be on their bench? Because if you don't, show some and that was why Mike is such a great example of this because he was present he was giving back already he was having conversations with us he's in coaching right like he was on our radar because he put himself on our radar and yeah. you have to make that conscious decision you can't just kind of be thinking hey that would be great if they randomly call me because we're not going to know to do that or but if you show up yeah. and you, you show your interest and you give back then yeah you might end up on couple of different people's benches right because that's what yeah. we do at kw we look for talent beautiful yeah. and, and let's look at it from this perspective too stevie so now now that you've kind of you've seen that realization of of how important it is to prepare yourself right mm -hmm. and and to give yourself the opportunity how do you see that experience uh unfolding if you will so you can help others like our agents and other agents out there in the industry uh to a recognize 
what bench they want to be on and then and then perhaps b how to take action on that so talk to us a little bit about that yeah so i mean that's a that's a big question i guess i would you know there's a couple different answers to that maybe too depending on if you're someone you know who's an agent already with our brokerage that's already part of our organization and in my circle already or, or maybe you're someone who's not yet at this point in time and maybe you're someone who's still kind of in my circle but not necessarily with kw or whatnot but yeah there's there's different answers to that so i think again always putting yourself out there right always being open to opportunity and letting people know that you're open to opportunity right and and this can be in so many conversations how many times a day do we get calls about whatever it is, even as realtors, right, with opportunities of so many different avenues, it's, we get lead calls from lead generators, this, that, whatnot. And just, you know, you never know, like, it's very easy for us to shut things out. And it's very easy to just like, oh, no, I don't need that or whatever it is. But being open to opportunity, you never really know where something will lead you, something that I've obviously learned. So I think that's a good thing is, is putting it out there and, and being someone who's just open in general. And I think people can also sense that about a person, someone who's more closed off as opposed to someone who's a bit more open to having those conversations. So that's a that's a big thing as well. Um, and again, if you are already in KW, um, something here that's huge that we talk about, we actually talked about it on our morning call this morning, but is our culture, right? And that may sound cheesy or it may sound corny. And, you know, you hear people say that KW is like a cult, whatever. I, it's a great call to be a part of if that's the case. But um, <laughs> I think there's no coincidence. If you look around at like a lot of our top producing agents, they are very involved. They are very willing to give back. They're involved in like a lot of aspects of the company and social events and things like that with just putting themselves out there. And I don't think there's any coincidence in the fact that they're, you know, top producers and whatnot. So I think being part of the culture and being involved and just the more that you can put yourself out there to all opportunity is going to bring more opportunity, right? And let people know that you're open to more opportunities. So, um, and it, it keeps people on your radar, right? Like how, if you don't make the effort to network or to put yourself out there at all, nobody would not only will know what your goals and your, you know, your ambitions are, but they're not even going to think of you because you're just not on the radar. Right. So being involved is a huge part of that as well. Um, and just showing up, like showing up for your brokerage, for yourself, for your business, all that kind of stuff. And part of that is just being involved. So I hope that answered the question. I'm not sure if it did or not. <laughs> well, yeah, what I'm, what I'm getting from that is, is, you know, you're, you're going to be working with our agents and, and other agents to show them the opportunities, how to get involved, mm -hmm. how that's going to benefit them. And, and yeah, you said it you bang on is, you know, our top producers are the, are the agents involved. And I'll also throw this in too. Um, our agents that give back the most, whether it's into the brokerage or, uh, through nonprofit ways and, and helping the community, uh, that has a direct, and I've always believed this has a direct reflection of what they get back in their business as well. Right. And, and, yeah. and I know you're passionate about that and, and so are many others, but uh, that's, that's, I love it, Stevie. I just love it. Talk to us a little, sorry, I'm hogging the, I'm hogging Stevie, Jen, <laughs> jump in here. If you got a question for her. I do, but I think I'm, you might've been about to ask the same one. So I'll Go let you, you ask and follow up. <laughs> no, no, you got this. You got this. Okay. So what I was going to ask, and it could be totally different Gary. I don't know, but uh, what I want to know, Stevie, is now that you're kind of in the role and you've, you've had, you know, a couple weeks to adjust, it hasn't been that long. What are your goals for 2022 in the sense of like, you know, what do you want to bring to the brokerage and how do you want to implement new things to help our agents or to help new agents? And what does that look like? Like what are you hoping for the end result to be, I guess, this time next year? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. So since kind of transitioning into the role, definitely I've had the opportunity to learn a lot more of, you know, the back end stuff of like running a brokerage and just seeing that kind of side of things and how it operates. And it's been it's been really cool. As a realtor, I just wouldn't, you know, at this or at least at the point in my career that I was in, I just wouldn't really know too much about that kind of stuff. So um, it's been really cool to learn about that. I think it's been great to also learn more about why the brokerage is operated the way it is and how much we're trying to get back to the agents. But at the end of the day, there is always room for improvement. There is always opportunity for us to grow and get better and, and do more. And so I think just being part of that, of our growth and just um, making things better for our agents is one of my biggest goals. Um, 
obviously grow. I want, I want to help grow the company. I would really love to see where KWRC can go. I think sky's the limit for us. Um, the reason I've even come into this role is because I genuinely am passionate about Keller Williams. I always have been. Um, and so my opinion, I, and I may be biased, but I, I think everyone should be here. I really think that we have the best way to support agents. And so I'm just kind of being looking forward to being able to hopefully show a lot of agents that um, and as well as something that is really, really important to me is making it better for our agents that are already here, right? Like the agents that have already been here and shown us loyalty and giving back to them and just doing everything that we can on our end to support their businesses and, and not even just their businesses, but their lives, right? Like something that we're so big on here being able to create a life by design and being able to fund whatever life it is that you want. So maybe you're not someone who's necessarily into, you know, making a million GCI or whatever it is. Maybe you're someone who's totally content with doing like 150,000, but spending more time with your, your family and your kids and that kind of stuff. Um, so whatever that is, being able to create more, you know, systems and models and stuff around that for our agents to just make their lives easier and their businesses bigger um, is what I'm really, really looking forward to. And I'm honestly excited to see where Keller Williams Realty Centers is at this time next year. I love it. I love, I love it. it, Stevie. So apart from the obvious, what's on screen, and if people want to reach out to you, how, how do they connect with you? How, how do they reach out to you? Yeah, so... Um, yeah, basically, if you search my name in any social media, I'll come up. I have a pretty unique name. So just search Stevie with two E's and it'll come up. Um, and also people can email me as well. Um, my the, the best email to reach me at is stevie at volpealcorn.com, which is my team name. So if you ever need help with that, just go search my team. Um, but yeah, you can email, email me as well. Give me a call, whatever. My Honestly, my contact info is easy to find. I'm a realtor. So I, I'm, I want people to contact me. So yeah, social media, phone call, email, whatever it is. I'm always happy to chat. Jen, that might be the best answer we've ever had. I'm easy to find. I'm no, a realtor. Every realtor, Stevie, should have that that response, right? Yeah. <laughs> Stop being undercover. Yeah, you're not. Yeah. Trust yeah, me. Exactly. Yeah, very good. Well, Stevie, um, I appreciate you, and I've loved seeing you know getting to know you over the last number of years, and then seeing you grow and develop as you know a young woman into a now a business leader and an agent and a leader in the community. Uh, it is amazing, and I've shared with you before how it's affecting more than just people in the industry, right? Yeah. So. So keep Don't on, I'm not, gonna. Me... <laughs> I'm not gonna, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> keep on being authentic and, and, um, success will follow you for sure. So, uh, mm -hmm. thanks for, for leading us into this new direction and, and into 2022, uh, we're looking forward to seeing some pretty awesome things coming from Stevie Susie. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me guys. Bye for now. Bye Stevie. There you go. Always, always a pleasure talking with Stevie. I love it. I know. I know. It's always, it always kills me how, how humble she is about it all. Right. Like that. And I think that's because she, she's always approached it from that authenticity perspective that things just kind of go in that right direction because she's, she's honest about it and she's authentic about who she is. Right. And I don't think she always re realizes that until after the fact. So it always makes me, uh, Makes me chuckle, but yeah, she's fantastic. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I love it. I love it. And this is exactly what Jen and I are here for is to, you know, take agent stories such as Stevie's and Nathan's and many others that we've had on on uh, the live stream and to share those stories and to help tell those stories. So uh, look, for, we're looking forward to doing much more of that stuff uh, as time. Um, what am I trying to say? As the new year comes into play and everything else. Okay. So we've got some stuff to talk about here, Jen. Yeah. We should get yeah. into that. So uh, what's our first one? I got to look down at my list here. Um, the first one's going to be a surprise. So how about that? Okay. All right. <laughs> there we go. Open houses. I knew it was coming up. Uh, okay. Okay. So right. Jen. Mm -hmm. We're starting to see some open houses pop up and um, I know we've talked about this in the past because we talked about open house etiquette way back when yeah. and or agent etiquette. So, so let's talk about this as, as a host, what do we need? What do we need to be mindful of? 
Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's such an interesting topic. I've, I've ventured into a couple of open houses the last few weekends, just doing some showings with clients. And it's been, it's there's been scenarios that have been different than what I would have expected previously. Um, and one of the things I would say is that agents, when you're hosting open houses, be mindful of the discussions you're having. Um, that you're openly having in a room full of potential buyers and other realtors, right? Like I have been in a few where there's agents who are actively talking about pricing and what the seller's expectations are and different discussions that I now as another realtor am now privy to. I can't unhear it. You said it while I was walking past you, but you know, being conscious of that, like, if you are going to be hosting open houses, uh, make sure that if someone is coming in, first of all, for two reasons, right, Gary? One, lead generation, you know, book an appointment with them, book a phone call, get their email, get their phone number. Don't just have an open discussion in the middle of an open house and let them leave. You're not doing yourself a service and you're not really providing them a high level of service by doing that. Um, so that's the first thing. And then the second thing is, you know, it's an open house be conscious of who's around you and be conscious of what you're disclosing in those situations because you know it's not the appropriate time to have a conversation about the seller's price expectation it's really not it's also not a time to discuss their closing date or the bully offer you got the night before or the amount of showings you've had or anything else like that because you're just broadcasting information to the general public at that point and ultimately, you're kind of doing your sellers a disservice too, right? Um, so that would be the that's be that'd be where I'd start right now. I got a couple of things, but I'm going to let you <laughs> jump in, Gary, well, and, and add something else into that. Yeah, no, that that's incredibly important, especially you know, agents love to talk, and sometimes the best thing to do is just to shut up, <laughs> right? Yeah. Close that mouth. Um, yeah. I think you know, as an open house host. Um, there's, I think we have, we have two roles on that. A, we're there to show off the house. And mm-hmm. Secondly, as an agent with their actual agent hat on, we're there to create relationships, right? And so asking me, and the only way to do that is to ask questions and then listen. So ask questions to the people that are coming through that open house. Sure, they may already have an agent, but how are you ever going to know that if you're not asking questions, right? Right, yeah, and, yeah. And... and, and Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, even beyond that, just getting additional information to share with your sellers about the feedback or anything like that. Like those all, you can only have those conversations with your clients by asking other people questions and getting that information, right? So just make sure that even if they're with a realtor, you can still ask, you can still converse. You don't have to, you know, people often see a realtor and they just make they just disconnect, right? Like, oh, there's there's a realtor there, but you could be having discussions with that realtor. There's no reason not to, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, create relationships with the people coming through your open house, and then as uh, you mentioned this too, uh, the follow up. What's that follow up look like? Yeah, book an appointment to grab a coffee. Uh, f- you know, do something, right? And don't just let that opportunity go. And the other thing that you mentioned too, and and this. Every time we go see a house or enter into open house as as a as a buyer, be careful what you say because mm. probably nine times out of ten, uh, that house has some sort of monitoring or surveillance or something. And trust me, people will watch and people will listen. Trust me. I mean, I have it in my house and I never even would have thought about it until I started going to all of these other homes <laughs> and seeing that like. Well, how easy is it to pick up my phone and just put on, you know, the ring security system and I could hear everything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 You have to be conscious of that stuff more and more. Technology is making it easier for people to do that. And, you know, people are more concerned about the amount of people coming in and out of their homes and what that looks like. So they are paying more attention, right? That is a definite thing. And even stuff like, you know, COVID protocols are, if you go through as an agent, if I go into that house, open house or not, but let's say it is an open house, there's still COVID protocols that I'm supposed to be following and my clients are supposed to be following. And a lot of sellers are conscious of that. And so they're, they're paying attention for, for their own safety reasons. And, And so we are more likely to be being monitored um and as the listing agent 
you're on those tapes too. <laughs> yeah, so, I was just, you know, I was just thinking about that. Yeah, and I love that yeah. you referenced as as tapes. Yeah, we're gonna go to the the VCR <laughs> and put that tape in. However, <laughs> look at it like this: not that you're being monitored, but maybe there's a way that you can just knock the socks off of your seller clients by doing something mm -hmm. during the open house. I like, I don't like, let your imagination go. Stop thinking in a realtor box. Let's get out of that and, yeah. and think creatively. Right. I think there's a, that might be a really cool opportunity. And if you got ideas, put them in the comments or message me and Jen later, because I think, I, I think that could be a really cool opportunity to kind of, you know, set yourself apart from the crowd. Right. Yeah, we always we always talk about our systems, right? Our seller system, our buyer system, and having wow moments sprinkled into it. And the wow moments are ultimately the moments that are going to create referrals. They're the moment where someone goes, "I can't believe Gary did that. No agent has ever done that for me before. No one's ever given me that information, had that conversation, hosted an open house like that, whatever that might be." And an open house is a huge opportunity to capitalize on that if you have a plan in place and you execute it. And most agents, you know, they show up at 145, they put some signs up, they sit on the couch and they leave at four. And they have a sign in sheet at the door and that's what their open house is, which is why we often hear open houses are not effective. And yet you hear of people building entire businesses around an open house. And so what are they doing differently? And it's usually marketing traditionally talking to the neighbors, promoting the open house, but what can you do in the house that can make you stand out? What can you provide to the buyers walking through? How do you showcase the features? How do you make the seller feel like you're there to sell that house? Because you nailed it, Gary, that is our job. It's not, you know, a lot of people say open houses are just for lead generation. That's a, such an agent perspective, right? It's such a, a one lane thought process. And it's not true either. Like our sellers are expecting us to do them to help sell their home, to help get more offers, to help get a higher return on their investment. So what are you doing to show them that you're working for them? Right. I love it. And and uh, what I love too is earlier today on our private Facebook page for KW, uh, I saw one of our agents. So shout out to Stacy Nixon. Uh, she asked pretty early in the week, if there's any uh, opportunities for open houses, she'd be happy to host. And I know there's not, there's more than just Stacy, but here's what I love about that. And Jen, I know you, you're, you're teaching your coaching clients this too. Don't ask for an open house on Friday afternoon. No. Ask for Monday or Tuesday. Cause now, now if this, if somebody comes forward with an open house for Stacy, for instance, she's got all week to promote it. That's yeah. what we want, right? Yes, Stacy yeah. Nixon is watching with us. I couldn't have planned that better. <laughs> that was beautiful. I love it. And it's so true, right? She can she has Wednesday, Thursday, Friday to go knock on those neighbors' doors, to do open house flyers, to run Facebook ads, to I mean, you could you could think you could call your database and invite everybody you know. Do a sushi lunch, tell people to come by. Like you don't have to just show up and let people into a house. That's not doing an effective open house, right? <laughs> Stacy, <Yeah. laughs> that's not really doing an effective open house. That's just going through the motions. And I, I don't I don't think if you're doing that that you're really providing that proper service. But ultimately you're also leaving a lot of opportunities at the door by doing it that way, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've always, uh, and I know you have, we've always coached our agents to ask for that open house early in the week. And then as as the open house host, so Stacy, maybe a great question for you if one comes available for you. I hope it does after this. Um, yeah. Ask the listing agent, what are you doing to promote it? What are your expectations and how are you promoting it? So you can, you know, combine your efforts in a sense, right? Mm -hmm. And and yeah. I know it's a little bit tougher and, and kind of short lived in a fast moving market like the one that we're in today. But trust me, um, and I'm not the one saying this, uh, Gary Keller and many other uh, people have said this, you know, the market share that you take today, whether it's moving forward or moving down is the market share you'll always get to keep. Right. So yeah, keep keep on doing stuff like that. That's fantastic. Good stuff. Yeah, exactly. Even when it feels fruitless if you keep it if you keep the consistency of it you will gain traction eventually you just have to continue to do it to get the traction and most people they don't or they gain the market share and then they stop doing the work right that's the, that's the best way to lose it is to stop showing up after you get it but yeah i that's a great a great point to to leave that on gary
Beautiful. Well, okay. That takes us to the next point. And um, <laughs> is this market on fire? Well, let's talk about it, Jen. Yeah. I like that intro. That might be one of my favorite intros, by the way. <laughs> I like it too. It's short. <laughs> yeah, it's short. Market is hot. Yes, it is. Uh, I know I had this conversation with uh, one of my mortgage brokers yesterday, Dion Beg. Uh, what do you say to people that say, "Is this market going to continue? Is it going to crash?" What do you? What do you? How do you have that conversation, Jen? Oh, it's such a tough conversation to have, right? Um, and, and I, I mean, it depends if you're talking to a buyer or a seller or an investor, ultimately, let's start with that. There's different discussions, but for the sake of this, let's lean into the buyer because um, they're probably the ones asking it the most. Is there going to be a crash because they're hoping there is so that they can afford more for their money? Uh, I, and my general answer to that question is a little bit of a non-answer, <laughs> I guess, because we don't we don't know for certain. I can't guarantee that it's going to continue to go up. I can't guarantee that it's going to decline anytime soon. What I can talk about is what I know in this particular moment and what I what I see right now, because those are the facts that I have. And based on that information, what I'm going to discuss with them is that rates are still low. And yes, there have been announcements that they will be increasing. And I see that coming up a lot, whether it's through coaching or with clients we're working with, will they just announce rate increases? So does that mean the market's going to cool off? When you dig into that, and Gary, I know you've done some videos on this and talked about this, those rate increases happen so increment, incrementally over the next couple of years that they're really not going to have a big impact whatsoever on most buyers, right? Maybe maybe a certain percentage, but it'll be minimal. So we don't have that working in our favor. And then we have historically low inventory, historically high demand, uh, and a market just doesn't seem to want to quit. <laughs> like It just keeps going and going. And when you think it can't go anymore, it goes again. So ultimately, as a buyer, the best advice we can give you based on what we know now is now is the time to buy. Um, yeah. And as a, as a seller, you kind of end up in the same spot, right? The devil you know is better than the devil you don't know. Um, we know people that tried to speculate around 2016, 2017, sold, tried, tried to sell at the peak, and then the market shifted and lending changed, and they lost a lot of money because of that, right? So we can never predict um, – and that, that's usually where I go with that conversation. I'm, I'm, I'm sure you have somewhat of a similar – kind of trajectory there. Yeah, very similar. And and there's a few pieces of that I want to pull out too. And and on one hand, you know, yeah, I'd love to sell, but then I have to buy. Well, you get to sell and Mm -hmm. buy in the same market valuation that is, right? there's a, the other few pieces there too, Jen. We talked about the the interest rates going up and and people are kind of freaked out about that because that just triggers fear right? When we hear about mm-hmm. interest rates going up. And um, I've mentioned this too here before, this name, Benjamin Tall, one of my favorite, favorite economists uh, in Canada, the lead economist, chief economist for CIBC. And I was reading an interview that he did uh, not too long ago, about two weeks ago, two weeks ago. Yeah. And here's the interesting piece. People that took mortgages four years ago, in a sense, are on a five-year term, Right. Typically, we mm-hmm. typically Canadians renew their mortgages every five years, which means they get a new interest rate every five years. Well, the people that remortgaged four years ago and, and even three years ago, by the time the interest rates come back up, it's going to be time for them to renew again. Well, guess mm. what? The rate that that person is currently on, he estimates is going to be at the same or slightly higher than what they're going to renew to after the rates have come up. Isn't that interesting? Crazy. So as, as buyers, we get all freaked out, but yet the people that is going to, this is really going to affect the most. Some of them might be doing like the happy dance all the way to the bank because they might be end up paying less, Jen. Yeah. Yeah. And then that creates a whole other issue because now their house is more affordable <laughs> and it's going to go a little further. And now what happens, right? Do we do more people hold their houses than we were hoping? Um, yeah, that's crazy. That is beyond wild that in five years they've gotten so low that even with the increases, they're not going to catch up, right? That's yeah. that's pers- That's a new perspective. Yeah. 
Yeah, completely new perspective. And think about this too. Let's say uh, you t- whether you're a new buyer or not, you you started a new mortgage this year, last year, and your interest rate's like two percent, which is hilarious because that's amazing. And you know. we and Jen and I can we can get into what are you going to do with the equity in your home and all that kind of stuff. Well, we're not we're not talking about that specific part yet or today. In fact, <laughs> everybody should have Jen. Everyone should have eavesdropped on our thirty minute conversation this morning because that was where I the know. gold was. Yeah, I know we should have just recorded it. Honestly, yeah, we, yeah. we dropped the ball on that one. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, <laughs> here's the thing: is let's say. In two year, in four years time from now, when you go to renew, your interest rate's not two percent; it's at three and a half or four percent, and that's pretty high. And that's really going to stretch you thin from a monthly basis. Well, mm. I'm pretty sure. I am pretty sure that you have a tremendous amount of equity in your home. And if you were to even refinance back up to 60, 70, 80 percent, that will bring your mortgage payment down if your cash flow burden. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's there's yep. always different ways to look at it. And owning real estate in the GTA is by far one of the best returns somebody will ever have over time. Yeah. And even to add on to that, when your fear is that the market's going to decline or level off or crash, as some people say, or this bubble is going to burst. And ultimately, I think we can we can probably say it's not a bubble at this point or if it is it's the biggest bubble that's ever been created so um i i think you got to think about what happens if it does what does that truly mean how much is it going to crash how much is it going to adjust or correct and then how long will it take to come back and if you look at the historical trends we've bounced back in in 08 when we had the u.s recession we had a small blip in 2017 with the stress test and the foreign tax stuff, we had a moment in certain areas where we felt that impact. But ultimately, as a marketplace, since like the early 90s, we've grown aggressively compared to any declines we've seen. So is is your fear based on the numbers and the stats and the, the, the history of our market? Or is your fear based on headlines and obviously just lack of understanding because as agents we can educate our clients on this stuff right exactly we can show them what those returns look like um and they're usually relatively quick we do bounce back quickly so it might be a moment of pain for decades of gain and in my opinion that's that's worth it right exactly. even if you're even if you're at the peak yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is a terrible graph, but it was the first one I found, Jen. <laughs> but right, right on to the left or right beside your ear, that's uh, that's yeah. year two thousand. And in fact, the average detached price back then was um, it's about one hundred and fifty. Sorry, two hundred two hundred and ten thousand. And in that blip, um, kind of obviously that spike that we see that was back in 2017 down and back up again. But the reason why I wanted to show this is over time, real estate always goes up. Right. And, and just for a couple of years, it was down. If you bought in 2017, you and I've chatted before in the past, I'm pretty sure those buyers in 2017 are pretty happy today. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can see by the graph that they're happy today. They've <laughs> they've surpassed like they they might have had a, a bit of a weight on their end. They weren't gaining as 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 rapidly as people who bought in a year or two earlier. For sure, they had to overcome a little dip. But look how much it's grown already. I mean, it's only been three years. If that return, even with a decline, is still the best return you're going to see on pretty much any investment I think that you could make, if not one of the best, right? Yeah. Yeah. And interesting to look at the two bottom green lines. They didn't quite have that same dramatic dip. Uh, but those yeah. are, those are condos, condo apartments like condo towers mm-hmm. or condo townhouses. And, yeah. and uh, if you want to kind of hedge your bet, I guess a little bit, uh, perhaps that's another way to look at it. But um, the market, I think our, 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 um, what we're trying to say is the market over time will always go up, right? Yeah. And, and it's best yeah. observed over time. So interesting stuff. Yeah, it is, a, mm-hmm. it is a tough conversation. So let's kind of circle back to the question. I have a buyer or a seller, especially a buyer that says, you know, this market's going to crash. I'm going to wait. I, I had a conversation like that with a close friend of mine. And it was slightly different from an investment perspective. I said, okay, well, while you wait, 
uh, my investment properties are going up in value. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah. while you're waiting to make that two or 300,000 in a few years, I'm making it right now. Yeah. And then I'll also make that two or 300 in a few years. So yeah. 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 So there's different, there are always different ways to look at it. Uh, there's always, you know, people, there's going to be buyers out there that are just too fearful to get into the market today. That's okay. You don't, we don't force them into anything. Your job as a realtor is to provide enough information so they can make a decision that's going to best suit them and their family. Right? Yeah, exactly. And, and base it on what we know now. Don't, don't try to predict, don't speculate, don't guess. Um, because we ultimately, we don't know something crazy could happen next year and completely shift our market. Markets are volatile, no matter what we do, what we, what we do know is that the consistency and the history of our market is what we can rely on. Right. So, you know, have the conversation with your clients about what is currently available. Um, and same with your sellers, you know, we see, we're starting to see that a bit more in the market on the flip side, the sellers that have really high expectations unrealistic expectations and you know they're going into multiples they're getting five six seven offers and they're saying no we want more and relisting at a higher price and that's also not realistic because buyers will pay to a point but at some point the value of your home stops being a good a good deal it becomes hey i can go buy something better for the same amount and nobody's interested in you anymore so you know, when you're talking to your sellers, make sure that you're educating them on how those cycles work and the different ranges of price points so that they don't put themselves in a position where they don't sell and then they end up losing the advantage of the market and not maximizing their return because that's what happens and they sit and then they get a lower offer and potentially sell below what they got on offer night, right? And we see that happen over and over again in these types of markets. Sometimes it's a seller not wanting to listen. Sometimes it's an agent maybe not providing the best amount of education for their seller to make the best decision possible. So it, the market stats and the data works both ways. Make sure that, you know, as a listing agent, it's easy to list that, put up a sign and say, I'm going to list at 200 below and just let the market do what the market's going to do. Um, but ultimately, it's up to the sellers, right? They're going to yeah. make that decision on offer night. So how have you, how have you set them up for success? Yeah, exactly. So talk to us just as we kind of wrap up in this topic and, and close out for the day. Um, mm -hmm. we, we Let's kind of regurgitate a little bit, if you will, our conversation from this morning uh, about what yeah. we feel the December market is going to do. So talk maybe maybe talk to us a little bit about your experience last night, if you can, and, and yeah, how, sure. how that's going to evolve into a December market. Because um, I have got some insight on that, or not insight, but input on that too. So here we go. What? So d last night, set us up and we'll have the December market conversation. <laughs> do, yeah, we'll do the so short form though. The short form. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to keep this condensed. So I was in multiple offers last night on a property with some clients. Um, great property, two really solid comparable sales, one from September, one from October. Same same property ultimately uh, at the end of the day. And, and it was an attached home. It's not a detached property. Um, we went into multiples, had an idea of our strategy, ended up being 11 offers. Um, and, you know, we were above all of the comparable sales by a decent chunk um, and felt we were trying to position ourselves in the top of the, the pack, not number one, but in that top window. We ended up out of 11 offers, um, you know, being in the middle of the pack at that. So we made a significant improvement, um, you know, close to 50K jump up from there. And in that improvement round, we were the bottom of the offers that improved. And what ultimately ended up happening with 11 offers was that there was a couple of guys at the top who had just hit the point of either being willing to overpay or being willing to throw extra money at it or having lost a few times and just kind of gone, I need to do something now. And so they went extremely aggressive and they ended up pulling the sale price of that property almost 100000 over the last comparable within a month. Um, and, you know, it was a beautiful home, beautiful location, no doubt about it. Um, however, it, it wasn't a $100,000 better property, but the, the buyer scenario created that, right? Um, and seeing that start to happen brings me back to last year when our inventory started declining even more rapidly um, than what we had seen in September, October. And we started to see those peak prices, sale after sale after sale, 
because our inventory was so limited. Um, and so, you know, that leads me to think that we might be heading back into a similar market, whereas traditionally December tends to cool off, right? So, um, yeah, it was it was quite the experience to go through. Unfortunately, obviously, we didn't get it, and my my clients are a little heartbroken over it. Uh, that being said, you know, there's a limit, and we we stayed within our window, and you know, they they will do better on their purchase from an investment perspective when we find the right place. But yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. And, and there's, I, I've seen a few different uh, videos and, and comments come out lately that, that they feel, uh, you know, by, by realtors and economists, they feel that the summer market is going to slow down a little bit. And I got to tell you, I've had the same experience as Jen's had over the last couple of weeks, putting offers in and, and just being in the mix. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and looking at properties and knowing that they're going to go over ask and multiple offers and so forth. I don't see it slowing down from this one perspective because right now there's less inventory than there was a month ago. Yeah. So, so now I'm there's more competition. Hence why we're making the decision to bring one of our investment properties uh, to the market <laughs> in, in, right. um, in December. Cause we know there's a really great opportunity. Could I make more in two or three months from now? Well, that goes back to Jen and our conversation a couple of minutes ago. We know the market that we're in today. We don't yeah. know the market we're in tomorrow. Right. Yeah. And, and yeah, yeah I feel like you, Jen, I feel December where we're going to see some, some crazy pricing because people are perhaps, fed up. They just want to get this done with. They want to buy their home and know that they have something to look forward to, to the new year. Right. Yeah. Or they're, they're in a time crunch potentially, and they need to buy something. And so the only option then is to throw enough money at it that you make sure you get it right. Because it's, it's too hard to know otherwise. And, you know, ultimately we've got more buyers coming into the market every month and we've got less inventory every month. So when you take those two factors alone, you can kind of see the path we're headed down. And it's funny, Gary, because this was the time of year last year that Dylan and I decided to sell our townhouse. It was for the exact same reason, right? It was like, oh, we see what's happening here. Let's capitalize on that. That made the buy a little more tricky. Um, however, it, it all worked out. But, you know, it is uh, it is a, a re repetitious pattern, in my opinion, from what December and January last year looked like. Uh, and so that that means we could be in for a very interesting winter this winter. Yeah, I, absolutely. And, and and there is something called, you know, Jen talked talked about it not too long ago the real estate cycle. And there, there's a true clock that our real estate cycle moves around on. And in some areas it goes around really, really fast, which means, you know, at the, at 12 o'clock or at the top, it's the peak of the market. Then it kind of drops a little bit, drops a little bit. And then as you kind of come around to seven o'clock, eight o'clock, nine o'clock, if you will, um, you can start to see the signs as it ramps up again. Well, our yeah. market, our real estate clock, if you will, moves really slowly. In, some, in other markets, it moves much faster, like a Calgary or an Edmonton and so forth. But mm -hmm. our GTA market moves really slowly. The other piece to this, I know we're going long, but people are still watching. And I, and I want to bring this to, to people's <laughs> attention too. Think about this. And I've, I've talked about this on my videos and so forth. Uh, we've had one of the hottest markets that we, we've all experienced in history, in a sense, without immigration. Mm -hmm. So... When immigration starts getting ramped back up, what is that going to do to the supply and demand? Because right now we, yeah. we cannot keep up with the supply yet, Jen, yet we will sell more homes on the Toronto Real Estate Board this year than any other year. Yeah, that's that always confuses me. I'm like, how is this possible? We have less inventory and we're doing more sales, right? Yes. Like what is happening? Um, so, you know, it just, it's, it's just an interesting perspective, but going to the immigration element of it, you know, from what I, when I see that and knowing that that information, what I look at is that, you know, they're, they're more likely a lot of immigration to the GTA is students and, and people moving from other countries and things like that. And, you know, to me, I go, Hey, what a great time to buy a condo knowing that there's going to be an influx in that demand in that different price point or for that different product going forward. Right. Um, it's not the only option, obviously that's just where my brain goes with that. Just based on, 
you know, the approvals and how our lending works and all that sort of stuff from a rental perspective or as, you know, a, a long-term ownership kind of, so. but uh, yeah, it is crazy to think that, that immigration hasn't been present, right? Kind of forget that fact sometimes. Yeah. And I think ultimately what we're also conscious of is we cannot build houses quick enough to solve the supply issue. It's just not possible, right? So that just tells us the supply issue is going to be an ongoing thing. So what does that mean? Yeah, exactly. And, and what people have to remember too, because we are fortunate to live in the Toronto area, um, we, we assume and we think of immigration, people immigrating here from other countries. Well, there's, there's uh, oh, I forget the word all of a sudden. I had it right here. Um, immigration, there's another word, where people from other parts of Canada move to Toronto, right? Oh. And, and we have that at a tremendous speed here in Toronto because this, there's a lot of opportunity here. There's jobs, there's infrastructure, there's everything else. So not only do we have people from outside Canada moving here, but we have people with, from within Canada moving to this area because of, of job opportunities. So there's also that yeah. aspect to it as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Jason Nugent. That's right. Yes, we do have things happening. 5,000 units coming to the mall. By the mall, I can only assume he means Stovall Mall. No, I'm wrong. Upper Canada Mall. <laughs> <laughs> Upper Canada Mall in, in Newmarket. And you're, but yes, that's over 30 years. Newmarket is going to grow much faster than those 5,000 homes um, yeah. will, will help out, yeah. right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. They're going to be stuff. a dot in the corner at some point because that's yeah. a low number over 30 years, right? It's almost insignificant when you spread it out that much. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Very good. So the market is hot. Yes, we know that. We could talk about this for an awful long time as as we have, mm -hmm. but uh, it's relevant. Yeah. yeah. Relevant information. Keep having discussions like this. Keep uh, reading articles like from from uh, Benjamin Tall and others and, and ask Ask Jen, myself, questions, and, and um, we're, we're happy to, to kind of steer you in the right direction if we can. All good. All good. So, Jen, that's a wrap. Yeah, that is. Crazy. And I, when I mean a wrap, I mean this is a wrap. This is, uh, we're not going to see Jen for a little while as you go become uh, baby mama number two. <laughs> 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 yeah, that is that is very true. The the little guys do in the next couple weeks, right? So um that's crazy thought right there. But yeah, so I will be starting my mat leave come Friday. Um I'll be stepping back. So I'm going to it's it's kind of weird. I was talking to one of uh, my coaching clients today and we were saying it's the last meeting this week and it's like you invested so much time and built so much with everybody and had these kind of scenarios, even our, our KWRC, right? It's like, it's weird to step back from all of it very much. It's not abrupt, but it feels abrupt. It's like, okay, that's it now. See you in six months, right? I'll yeah. go, all right, yeah. <laughs> I'll just go over here. But yeah, it, it'll be, uh, it'll be obviously a nice and lovely family time and everything, but uh, it is strange, yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. Well, I mean, we've done we've done a lot really in the year to kind of launch. Uh, look at all these nice words coming in. I know Stacy said she'll take my listings. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, Stacy. That's how I know yeah. Stacy's going to make it as a great agent in this industry. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. That's... You can talk to Dylan, Stacy. See, you guys, you guys figure that out. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Very good. Yeah, we found it. We found we we launched KWRC TV basically uh, last January and and ran with it, and uh, we love doing it because it provides such a unique um, opportunity for our agents to learn from. But also, it makes Jen and I learn because we just can't come on and talk about this stuff if we're not practicing it as well. So, thank you right. to our agents and and everyone that watched uh, this year for keeping us accountable. And Jen, it's always a pleasure. It's so easy doing these, these shows and live streams with you because you are so knowledgeable and you're so easy to work with. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I, no. I will take your listings if Stacy doesn't want them and <laughs> Dylan doesn't want them. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. And you know, it's, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. Like I've enjoyed doing it as well. And um, you know, I'll try to spread the love on the listing guys. <laughs> Do my best. <laughs> Think of all the new people. You're in a new community. You know, 
meeting other new moms, all that kind of stuff, right? I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very good, very good. So for uh, Jennifer Silbernagel and for uh, everyone that have watched this year, thank you so much. We had a lot of fun doing it. And to all of our guests throughout the year, and of course, uh, Stevie, who was on live with us today, uh, we'll see everybody real soon. Uh, and our team meeting is tomorrow. So if you're with KWRC, we'll see everybody uh, tomorrow. Bye for now. Bye, guys.